Hello and welcome to a special edition of the In The Money Players podcast. This is a carryover show for Belmont at Aqueduct for Sunday, October 23rd. Lots of birthdays in the In The Money media family. We'll, we'll throw out a, a big happy birthday to those involved. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fortital, back with you in the Brooklyn Bunker once again. I'm so annoyed. I want to complain. There, there, there's a there, there's a guy in our, in the YouTube comments who was making fun of me for wearing the same shirt too often. He said PTF got to sell a few more in the money plus uh, subscriptions so he can buy a new shirt. I filmed them all at the same time. Anyway, it's just annoying. It's the kind of thing that makes you want to shout into the void. Anyway, I'm not going to shout into the void today. We're going to try to pick some winners. And to do it with me, we bring in the man who you read over on InTheMoneyPodcast.com. And you've been uh, following his morning lines at the Keeneland meet. Nick Tamaro. Nick, how are things? I'm doing great, Pete. Good morning. And uh, that's, that's a hell of a way to get called out for your, your attire. Someone as, uh, who prides himself <laughs> on being as Natalie attired as often as you do. <laughs> I mean, it, it is, it's, a, it's a Breeders' Cup shirt, too. You, you could argue I'm literally getting paid to wear it. Anyway, it's, uh, it's just funny. But that is a funny thing. The YouTube audience brings in a lot of people who aren't necessarily like used to our uh, act and it's good. It's, it's on balance, a good thing, but you do definitely get the occasional cheeky commenter. And I, I mostly just think it's, I just thought it was funny. Honestly, it was a good comment and it just seemed like getting comically annoyed by it was the only appropriate response. Folks interested should check it out. We're doing the monster pod a little bit differently this year. We are dropping 14 individual videos on YouTube sort of as they're recorded. And then of course we'll put the whole thing together when it's all said and done. What's going on with you and your horse playing this time of year, Nick? I mean, there's so many different places one can focus. Obviously, you've got the the, the work that you're doing for Belmont and Aqueduct and, and Keeneland Breeders' Cup prep beginning. But like where are you spending most of your time from a gambling point of view right now? Um, I mean, as no different than pretty much any time of year, 80% plus of my action is through whatever track is running in New York. So obviously focusing on Belmont at the big A. I find Keeneland very difficult to bet, which I suppose might be a conflict of interest with my my responsibility as a morning line maker. But um, yeah, I, I've, I've, had a, I've had a really, really bad year betting Keeneland. And maybe that'll maybe that'll hearten some of the listeners out there, but I was actually just looking at my yearly stats last night and was like, holy cow, I've done way worse at Keeneland than pretty much anywhere else by percentage. And um, I think it just has a lot to do with the horses converging from different places and trying to, yeah. to make sure you're on top of the right trips and, and info. And, oh yeah, I mean, I've done way worse at Keeneland than anywhere else by a mile. So, especially with the, with that volume, um, so, yeah, I guess I should stick to, to Belmont at the Big A a little more. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to be doing on this show anyway. What of the Breeders' Cup itself, especially in terms of making a morning line? I mean, I imagine you've got to start familiarizing yourself. You're, you're not waiting for pre-entries, are you? I'd imagine you're familiarizing yourself already with some of the horses, especially the ones who are going to be coming over from overseas. I've done uh, all the preliminary work on the dirt races and and kind of have penciled in morning lines on most of them just so those are done. I'm, I've been doing some research on the, uh, the European runners and we'll really ramp that up tomorrow, um, before getting the lists on Wednesday. Uh, so I, I think I'll, I'll have a pretty good sense of who all of them are and what I think about them odds wise by Thursday or Friday. Great. Well, that might be an interesting show actually to, to do something with that. We're going to be having 
daily content on the Breeders' Cup through the deal that we have as part of the Breeders' Cup content team this year. And that might be an interesting discussion to talk to you about some of these lines and, and, and whatnot, if you're willing to uh, show how the sausage is made. No question about it. I think it'd be a really fun exercise. And look, I think any one of the one of the most daunting tasks about handicapping the Breeders' Cup is figuring out what to do with Euros. So I think any 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 opportunity to shed some light on it is going to be really well received. And as you've said in the past, you've got a lot of people with, with tremendous knowledge helping you in that regard and Pat Cummings. There you go. Exactly. You have to separate those two into two boxes because he already started with me the other day. He's like, yeah, you know, I was looking at this one. I was like, Pat, stop. Like, I can't. He's actually quite good, but he's, he is. he's yeah, just he is. such he's an he's easy very knowledgeable. Yeah, I just, you know, it's one of those where you kind of want your opinion to be as unmolested as possible. And I don't necessarily mean that in the, the term that has suffered the pejorative decline. But um, I do think that, you know, that you want to have your you want to form your own opinion, then you want to bounce it off anybody else that knows. And the good thing is that we do have a lot of access to other people that do. That's right. And it, it, it is one of those funny things in, in horse racing. It's sort of like a low key bad etiquette thing, the, the tipping without solicitation. You know, you got to be I want to have done the work and then I'm thrilled to talk about it all. But I don't you don't like to necessarily get your opinion colored in before you've done the stuff yourself so all right we, we had a that's a good tangent but this show has a quick turnaround so we got to dive right in my friend it kicks off with race number four today 212 eastern talk about a quick turnaround um that's real quick five hours from when we record this this sequence is going to start and we kick off with a twenty-five thousand dollar claimer going a mile on a 16th on the turf how do you want to light this candle well you know I, I i made mention on steve Bick's show on friday that uh, for everybody that wasn't following Belmont at the Big A regularly, that when they took the rail down on the inner turf course this week, we've seen one of the situations that that we've seen quite a few times at other Naira tracks, and that uh, the inside is very, very good. I think it's gradually returning to normal, but I still think there's an advantage to being inside. And, you know, look at the ninth race yesterday, Java Buzz and and Steady On just sort of separated themselves from everybody else on the front end, and Steady On was able to ultimately run him down. But under few circumstances could you envision Java Buzz really staying the mile, and he did so very easily. So with that thought in mind and with the way this race shapes up on paper, I'm going to try and get a little a little cheeky here and, and wire the field with the one Royal Prince. You know, he ran some turf races as a three-year-old that would definitely make him very competitive, and he's probably going to be a decent enough price. The problem is so many of these horses look the same. And and I don't really want any of the, the hardened $25,000 claimers that we've seen multiple times, the likes of Monarchs Glen and, and now Regal Speaker on the drop. You can also lump Big Agenda into that group, Quiet Out East, everybody from that nightcap on September 18th, which was a pace-dominated race itself. So I'm going to use Royal Prince. I have kind of a thing for Quiet Out East, so I'll take him of the horses coming out of that common race that I referenced. And those will be my two A's to get things started. I think you could really back up with as many as you could afford. I would say at the very least, I'd use the two, six, and nine. All right. I see it exactly the same way as you do. I thought Royal Prince was maybe interesting. Good candidate to be the best speed coming out of that washed off comebacker. Second off the layoff here, taking a significant drop. And I was with you about being a little bit skeptical of the established $25,000 claiming form. Well, I also agree that I don't mind throwing those horses in as backups. I thought Barley One might be the other interesting one here, a chance to wake up on the drop. One and 12 for me on the A-line. I had written down 
four, six, and nine as backups, but I, I don't hate uh, the, the idea whatsoever of trying to get the two and the seven in there if you can afford them as well. Leg B of this pick six is an allowance race. Three and up Philly and Mare, New York breads going seven furlongs on the dirt. And I was going to go with the obvious favorite in here. You can tell me if I'm being silly or not. Number five, Cupid's Heart just looks obvious on the last figure. The nice visual impression that she made in there. I was going to make her a lone A. And I did want to include the six Kali Magic, who I didn't think had the easiest trip in the world, not breaking great, showing more speed than the winner, uh, the winner who got a very efficient trip the last day. Kali Magic just made sense to me if something goes awry with Cupid's Heart. But I think if we see the progression that I expect from Cupid's Heart, the rest might be running for second here. Five and six for me in race five. Where are you? I'll tell you what I think is funny about this card is that if you I handicap the cards backwards because generally the you know nowadays the the races at the end of the card are really loaded and and it sort of weakens as you go through but I think if you did it that way you probably reached this race and you thought okay I really am going to need to single Cupid's heart because I know what what lurks behind the around the corner and uh, but if you handicapped it the conventional way you may have said nah, I could probably afford to help her because she's she's a uh, I don't know if I would say a standout on paper, but a very likely winner on paper. And um, and so I I think I agree with what you said. I mean, I think she's obviously a must use. I think Kali Magic is obviously the the alternative that makes the most sense. I, I don't I think Cupid's last race is good. It's probably the margin is probably exaggerated by the the, the uh, wet track and the fact that that competition was a little on the softer side. She had a pretty soft trip as well, but she figures to get another one. You know, there's not a lot of confirmed speed. I don't trust beautiful Karen off the claim by Rudy. And I think she'll end up getting a good trip stalking outside. The only other horse I could probably make a little bit of a case for, and you're going to get no value whatsoever is Bustin Bay who goes from a mile to seven for Antonio Arriaga was in a similar situation two back and probably ran a race that would get her, you know, a little bit more of the pie than she got that day. But um, you're going to end up taking, you know, three to one on the horse because of Irad. And these are the kind of Irad horses that you just have to avoid at all costs. How would you grade those uh, numbers into A's and B's here? I'd use the five as an A and the six as a B. Okay, so we're exactly the same. We're mirror images. And I had a very similar thought process on Boston Bay. I don't hate the idea of having in as a backup if you've got super strong opinions elsewhere. But honestly, I was kind of thinking that I might just take the, take the shot to, to be at what the likely price is going to be. The third race in the sequence is our sixth race. We've got stakes action for three-year-olds in the Carl Place. Some good Long Island references uh, happening here. Six furlongs on the turf for this one and a full field signed on. Nick, we'll keep it with you. The hotel that I usually stay in for the Belmont is in Carl Place. It's very, very, exciting. very exciting. Yeah. Fun race. You know, this is a really, really competitive race on paper. And I think the conversation at the very least, regardless of, of how you feel about what you're going to do with him in the wagering starts with that's right. Who comes in from, from Michael Moore off a win in the turf monster against elders. And uh, that was his third win sprinting on the turf in 2022 against older horses and his fourth win overall. This is a horse that just seems to, to really be able to carry this front running gambit wherever he goes and, and is quite good. So uh, I will also caution everybody that, you know, I generally take a little bit more of a critical approach to some of these out of town horses. Michael Moore is a guy who has come into to New York and won in the past. So I don't think you need to be overly concerned about that. The biggest concern for that's right is the horse immediately to his outside because outlaw kid has been very, very good in his last two starts and, 
And he took a field last time out that really was pretty solid on paper. And he just made mincemeat of them sitting outside and, and pulling clear late authoritatively to win by a, by a huge margin. Um, he looks like a deserving favorite on paper. The one that I was, I was interested in, in seeing how you felt um, because I thought there was a clear concern with the four too many Twizzlers. While this horse is very good and is two for four lifetime already, he has a big problem getting out of the gate. And and I wonder if that might be a little bit of an issue here. Six might six at, at Aqueduct might be a little bit more unforgiving for a horse who wants to come from deep in the pack than six and a half at Kentucky Downs. But boy, I mean, his last race looks like he might have all kinds of uh, of prospects for the future. So when when all's said and done, I'm going to use Outlaw Kid. I'm going to use too many Twizzlers. I'm going to use Sosua Summer, but I am going to worry a little bit about that's right. So I'll use him as a backup. I didn't really have anybody clever that's going to be a big price other than the six grooms all business. And I'm not going to use Run Curtis Run because I think Run Curtis Run really needs the lead. I We see this similarly. Uh, and it's a really fascinating turf sprint with the six furlongs here because you've got a horse in that's right who I just wonder about how he's going to get home going six. This can be a much more galloping configuration than than what he's been coming out of. And I, and I thought you made the case. The other bad news for that's right is Outlaw Kid just sitting there. And this is a horse we know who likes six. I thought that last race was very, very good, moving into the fastest part of the race and just drawing clear. I really like Outlaw Kid in this spot. So I was going to put him on top with the thought that, it was going to prove a little bit too much of a stamina test for that's right. And then I was going to back up with Sousa Summer and too many Twizzlers, but the reason I was only going to back up is similar to what you were saying. I just thought coming out of that six and a half at Kentucky Downs, I mean, you'll see Milers cut back and do well in there. That's that's a, a real much more of a stamina test. I, I think there's a world in which they could both absolutely struggle to get involved in this spot, especially if there's any uh, gate issues like we've seen from too many Twizzlers. They just make too much sense on paper for me to leave out entirely. So I, I was going to go 410. I mean, there's a world in which they just go way too fast here and your exacta is 410. If you were playing this race vertically, I wouldn't mind having something tied up in, in a little bit of a fall apart scenario. But I think the most likely scenario is perfect trip for Outlaw Kid. He gets the job done. Very happy pressing him here in race number six. Let's move to race number seven, where we've got $25,000 claimers going seven furlongs on the dirt and a field of nine going postward. There is other speed here, but I'm seduced by the pace figures with motion to strike. And this is a horse that overall, I thought the numbers looked solid. The work tab, I thought, looked very, very interesting, especially that last run. I was going to try to get motion to strike to maybe wire them here at what should hopefully be a halfway decent price with some other potential speed horses. But I'm not sure if any of them are quite as quick as motion to strike if we get to see the good run from motion to strike. And then my backup was boring. I thought that Mass Marauder just made too much sense on figures and on the drop. Look, I'm not confident going to war with two here. I'm absolutely all ears for other backups or horses that you might suggest. But in my first run through, I came up with 6-1 in race number seven. How do you see it? Yeah, I totally agree, Pete. I think those two are both in the mix for me very much so. Motion to strike, I probably favored a little bit more dropping in class in light with the double bug on board. I think he'll really have every opportunity to get clear in here. I think there are probably some holes you can poke in them, but we're talking about a 25-3 life claimer for, for God's sake. So there's going to be holes that you can poke in all of them. The problem with Mass Marauder that I have is that you're going to be, you're going to end up being forced to take probably six to five or seven to five on a horse that 
doesn't necessarily have a style that's going to get all that much of a setup in here. And I, though I do think the 45, two other than optional claiming races for New York breads are, are very solid. I wonder just how well he's going to stack up with some of these that might not be a significantly lesser caliber. So I'm going to use the six. I'm going to use the nine Jake rocks. Who's new to the care of Rob Atris. And uh, I'll be in and off the turf race last time out. I thought ran credibly and, uh, and has every right to improve back on a dry surface. He just doesn't ever win. That's the problem. So, yeah. you know, the one dirt win in, in his uh, entire career from 27 tries, but this looks like a bit of a new horizon with him being in Rob Atris's care and the workout report on his last drill was pretty solid. So he rates to get a nice stalking trip on the outside. And that was part of the reason why I made him my top pick, but I'll use the six and nine as A's and, and back up with the, uh, the one and seven. Nine and six on the top line, one and seven on the backup line. And yeah, I do think Max Marauder is a good horizontal partner. If you like motion to strike, you know what I mean? Because if motion to strike just goes too fast, maybe that would provide the stamina runner like Max Marauder needs. And I think you make a good point about the first time actress and, and I'll, I'll throw that one in as a, as a B horse as well. I was originally put off by the one for 27, but a barn change, you know, that's the kind of thing that could, you know, obviate those kind of statistics. Let's, I'm not going to get beat by that horse. Race number eight, we've got three and up New York bred Philly and mares going six furlongs on the turf. Nick, how do you see this one? Boy, talk about another tough race. I mean, one where it's really hard to find any clues and, and stuff that you can sink your teeth into. You know, I mean, I guess the horse to beat is Royal Dancer. First off, the the maiden win. He, she was best two starts back in the Stallion Series race up at Saratoga that was won by 33 to one shot Golden Rocket and came back and, and then, you know, scored a win that if you're a pace figure user, you're really underwhelmed by her last race. She wired the field, but was really able to get away with it on the front end. And I suppose we'll get a, a similar kind of trip this time around, but I wonder how much Saratoga Gaze might have uh, to say about that. I, I do fear that Eric Cancel may get out of the gate and look to his right and see Irad and immediately snatch a hold of Saratoga Gaze. He's been known to do that on just about every single occasion. But, um, you know, there are other options. Lisa's vision was a good second last time out behind a runaway winner and feels like a, a filly that probably should have been sprinting on turf the whole time. So they've definitely gotten her back to, to what she does best. Working out a trip from the rail is not ideal. I thought Dufresne was probably a good cutback. I think her, her race in the Susie O'Kane was better than it looks on paper, and I don't think that she disgraced herself last time out. But she was also on a, a strong inside path during that week at Saratoga when the rail came down. So it's, it's probably a performance that, that looks a little bit better on paper than it actually is. I picked his a pity and uh, that long preamble was, was meant to probably make me feel better about my selection. <laughs> Cause I've never really liked this horse. And I do think that she's gotten very favorable setups when she's run well, but I wonder if maybe she might be just a little bit better than them. And I think that that Fontana Freda race at, at Saratoga was a lot deeper and more competitive from top to bottom. So hate taking a horse. that's going to be a relatively short price, but this feels like the right kind of scenario for her. And even though there's not that one kind of dash away speed horse, there might be enough pace just to ensure that, uh, that things are quick enough to set it up. How would you uh, deal with those other runners that you mentioned? Um, the, the nine, three, one, two. Boy, you know, I'd hope for scratches uh, to, to try and make this a little bit easier. I definitely want to use Lisa's vision as an A. Uh, I'd probably like to use Dufresne as an A as well. And then I would back up with Royal Dancer, Silken Dollar and, uh, 
and Saratoga Gays. Make my life easy and hit me with those with numbers. Eight, uh, nine, one, two, nine. I'm sorry, one, two, eight as A's and uh, nine, seven, three as B's. Nine, seven, and three on the backup line. I was going to play it like it was going to be a New York turf race in that there doesn't look to be a lot of speed and, and one might back off. Like you said, probably more likely Saratoga Gays being the one to, to back off, as you said. So I just went ahead and took Royal Dancer. Speedy sort, good form, shown a little bit of versatility in terms of running style. If Saratoga Gays decides to go on with it. I, just, I mean, you're absolutely right. It was an easy trip last time. I just see an easy trip again today and at least did show some versatility to be able to sit in the race two back and and finish off a little bit. I did also want to keep Saratoga Gaze on side in case they decide to be enterprising and the two of them back it down and, and turn it into a little bit of a match. That Those were the two I wanted on the A-line, the nine and the three. And I agree with your case about uh, Dufresne potentially being an interesting one to have in the mix as well. Maybe more of a, of a stalk and pounce type of a trip from Dufresne here. So I've got it nine and three on the A-line with a two on the backup line. And maybe I should take another look at Tizapiti. I just, my reaction from the last run is if she's not going to win this, I don't want to bet her next time. I just thought it, I thought it was a good setup. And I thought, I thought it seemed to me like she felt she'd done enough that day, but I mean, she does have plenty of, um, well, a couple anyway of winning form lines and, and, Maybe I should be a little bit more forgiving, especially if you're going to have the confidence to make her a confidence such as it is to make her your top pick. Let's talk about this nightcap so we can get the show posted. Maiden claiming 40s, two-year-old Phillies, New York bred, seven furlongs on the dirt. Nick, this race gave me a headache. So I'm just going to ask you, how are we going to get paid? <laughs> I like that. Punting. Uh, punting on third down, in fact, by you <laughs> in, in, in the race. Oh, I'll make a pick. I just I just want you to go first. Maybe I can no, steal we, something. Yeah, we talked a little bit offline about the difficulty of this last race. I went to the three Mommy Joe Dreams, who uh, I think, all things considered, when compared to the competition here, ran very well in her debut. And uh, Rick Schausberg then tried her on turf and, and now moves her back to the dirt. Last workout was reportedly okay. She does have some speed. There's just not much in here to to really latch on to. You're talking about lightly raced horses that have, have largely shown virtually nothing. And um, and that's going to put them all in a, in a pretty tough position. But I, I, I could trust her. I could trust the five Maggie T for Eddie Barker, who on debut against Open 50 Maiden Claimers at least made up some ground. And, uh, and took a little bit of money that day to go off 11 to 1 for pretty nondescript connections at uh, Saratoga and came back and, and really got out of the gate very poorly in her second start. So I'd give her a little bit of an excuse there. Um, God bless this jockey, though. He's not very good. So I, I you know, I'm going to hope that maybe they can work out something from the inside. It didn't look like there was any disadvantage to being towards the rail yesterday. The other horse that I could mention is follow the Fed. I'm going to use him as a backup. I don't trust this horse enough to use him as an A. I think it's pretty tough to use her as an A, I should say. I think it's pretty tough to find anything that you can get excited about outside of uh, just that group. It's a tricky, tricky little race. I'll go with a pedigree idea on the number six, Sarah's dialed in a horse that's run twice and really not shown much at all. And that, that's being kind um, on the turf, but I feel like should go better just on blood on the dirt has at least the benefit of experience coming back sharp, aggressive rider in Carmusha. We'll see what we get from Sarah's dialed in, not a horse I trust, but a horse that I do think I want to use. And you made the case for the one you were going to use as a backup, follow the fed, Looks to me like a runner that should be able to do just fine 
on the dirt and you know hopefully with that experience we'll move up for Asmussen again not a horse uh, if I it, I wouldn't want my whole day to come down to the performance of follow the fed let's put it that way but I'll put six and four on the a-line and I'll nick your uh, your tips of the the three and the five to put on the backup line for the in the money plus notes that we put together and that's all the time we have we got to get the show up and running but really appreciate you uh, working with me here on a Sunday morning for this show. We're going to be covering carryovers in the foreseeable future for Belmont at Aqueduct, as well as all the other stuff we've got cooking. And Nick, we're going to have you back as part of our Breeders' Cup coverage very soon. Have a fantastic Sunday, and, and we'll be talking. Sounds great, my friend. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks one more time to Nick Tamro. Thanks to our friends over at Naira and Naira Bets for sponsoring these shows. You can check out the America's Day at the Races coverage. I know JK is on the early shift today we made a little pretty link for people out there looking to know hey where, where can i watch fox today with it bouncing around through the the family of networks if you go to in the money slash tv you can check that out you can also get involved and and play beat tap and beat nick tamaro in the in the saturday handicapping contest over there you can find all the details online naira.com and nairabets.com good stuff we'll thank nick one more time we will thank uh everybody out there for listening making these shows so much fun to do i'm peter thomas for Natal. May you win all your photos.